Alrighty, Creedcast, we're going to talk about some mid-season review stuff for the wider AFL. Uh, this is a review for all other teams. It's basically just going to briefly run run down the table or run up the table. I'm going to start from bottom to top and uh, just briefly just chat through my thoughts about where all the other teams are at. It's um, barely researched. I uh, would like to do more research, but, you know, day jobs and all that. But I've, I've you know, through the year, I've been keeping an eye on, you know, I watch a, just watch a lot of footy because I love it. And particularly with doing this and um, just getting more involved in as far as just that side of footy where you actually just, you know, kind of think about the game a little bit more as you get older. You just, you, you with through experience and everything, you just think about it more and you watch other teams more and you pick up on little things and you just enjoy the sport as a whole rather than being, you know, as a kid, all I cared about really was um what my team was doing, obviously Port Adelaide, but as an adult role, I'm as even more um, <laughs> uh, rabid about um, uh, Port Adelaide as certain uh, media outlets <laughs> described as today, rabid, passionate, whatever you want to call it. Um, I do uh, absolutely love the game as a whole, um, despite all its um, pitfalls it has. It finds it itself in its times um, with, you know, whether it be rule changes or other things that are going on. I love the game itself and um, I love watching other players and seeing, you know, the good players around the competition. You've got to appreciate them and all that. So um, I wanted to talk about just where all the teams are at um, from my perspective. Obviously, this is our our podcast, our little piece of the internet. It's... um. We're not paid journalists, so I work 50 hours a week at a completely a job that has nothing to do with sports or anything like that. So, um, it's uh, yeah, no, this is just a side thing that we do, and it's just my opinion. So, take take from it um, as much as you want. If you uh, respect what I have to say, I love it. And if you don't, then it is just a podcast, and it is just my opinion. Don't get too bent out of shape about it. So, um, yeah, let's um, let's talk about how the rest of the AFL is going. So, like I said, I'm going to go from the bottom of the table to top. And um, what I'm going to do is... Um, just give a letter grade and who the fuck it's you know whatever it's just going to be my grading of the team and some of them are not going to be exactly what you'd hear about in college because i've got some <laughs> it's just some thought it's just my letter grade and you'll get you get what i mean once i get to a few of the teams as, as to what i mean by my letter grade it's basically my excuse to say whether they're good or bad and my way of putting a spin on it so um yeah we'll start with we'll be starting from the bottom table which is obviously the kangaroos now letter grades are not always going to reflect actually where they are there'll be teams higher on the table that are going to have and i will say right now they will have a worse letter grade than what the kangaroos have because there is an expectation versus reality thing that you have to do with when you're grading where a team's at regardless if they're on the if you just went letter grade based on where they are on the table it'd obviously be very obvious where we're going um but some teams you know the kangaroos at the bottom of the table. Or, you know I'll talk actually talk about them um, for a minute in a sec. But you know they're at the bottom of the table, and you know you would think have the worst would have the worst letter grade, but they're actually not in the. In my opinion, again, my opinion only are not in the absolute worst position of all the teams in the AFL. And the letter grade doesn't doesn't just constitute you know on the on field and the off field. The, the off field's part of it too, where where the team's at off field is a part of where the team is at on the field. You know, it's all, everything rolls together to make one symbiotic thing and that's what makes teams win or lose or be in between or be in the cursed purgatory that Colton seemed to be in forever. Um, so, um, yeah, the letter grades will be reflective of where I think a team is at and compared to where they, you know, their expectation at the start of the year is going to have a lot to do with it and, or where, and where media and whoever else, fans, whatever, um, and where I thought teams would be as well. I guess the, 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 center part of this is my thoughts and my opinions on it so it's um where you know where we all thought teams would be and where they are now is going to be is going to have a, a bit of sway in what the letter grade is going to be and what just my general thoughts about the where the team is at is going to be swayed by that so you know the kangaroos again i'm just starting with them as an example you know we probably expected them to be at the bottom of the table so their their grading and stuff actually comes from what we've seen from them so 
Um, yeah, that's kind of just to give you a brief about what I'm basically going to do. And it's probably going to spiral as I go because I'm just going to be doing it and I'm going to be cracking a shapeshifter. Um, what have I got here? Just to, I just I just randomly walked into the um, local, one of the local seller shops here in the Brossa Valley, Angus Park Sellers. If you're a local, you'll know it. Um, they have a lot of, they got a fridge full of, you know, just single purchase, you know, craft beers that you can buy. And I always like just walking in there and just grabbing the first two that catch my eye just to give some, try something new. So, Shape. I have had shapeshifter beers before and enjoyed them. I think so. I grabbed uh, their uh, somehow, some way West Coast IPA, which is the first one I'm going to pop, and then I've got a ha- um, Nordic hazy IPA as well to pop. So I'll be popping a couple of beers while I do it and just enjoy it and chat about some, chat about the other teams in the AFL for half an hour or so, or no, however long it ends up being in the end. Um, so yeah, if come on for the ride, if you want to hear what I have to say about the rest of the AFL for. Um, uh, whatever long this ends up being and uh, if you don't then you know you can switch off now that's that's totally up to you it's a free podcast world and you're you can do what you want but i appreciate everyone that listens and i hope you do listen to this one too um i'll do port adelaide as a sole podcast um after this one though I'll, I'll drop them at the same time so it doesn't matter which order you listen to them in when i get to port's position on the ladder i'll just say i'm doing port on their own because obviously that's us um so <laughs> if you listen to the port one first that's great and um, then you can listen to this one if you listen to this one first that's fine it's not, it's not like we're not we're not doing the fucking Avengers Endgame here. It's there's not going to be any major spoilers or anything like that that you're going to get from either one. So don't worry about it. Um, listen to whichever order you want, and let's 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 fucking go. Let's talk about some footy. Alrighty. So obviously at the bottom of the table we have the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Um, now they're a team that uh, most expected were probably going to be one of the two. You know, at the start of the season, oh, we'll get to Adelaide soon since they're not too far off on the table. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, there was some talk at the start of the season um, about who would finish bottom. Would it be Adelaide again or would North Melbourne? And I think a lot of people thought North Melbourne just because of where they're at. And probably the signs uh, towards the end of last season weren't as promising as what Adelaide's were, despite their position on the ladder. Adelaide probably finished the season with more um, positivity um, than North Melbourne. But um, North Melbourne do, um, yes, they are the ones holding up the table at the moment. They have a 1-10 record, a 57.9 percentage. Um, so nothing flash to read about and all of that um my grade for them though i guess i'm gonna give them a d so they're not they're not they're not passing um but they're not to me where they're at well what we're expecting from north melbourne where they're at is just exactly that so you know that's still it, it is still um there's still a lot of work to do and there is results along the way and i do look at the results along the way to work if they had they're one and one and ten um and had a uh, and had you know had a bunch of close results and they hadn't been blown out of the water. You might have said, "Oh, it's a D plus or a C minus because they're actually getting close and just getting incredibly unlucky." But they have had some heavy results that, um, particularly round three, um, they're getting smoked by um, 120 odd points, uh, 100, uh, 128 points, I think it was, to uh, nor, uh, the Bulldogs, who have had a couple of couple of handy wins this year with percentage boosters like that. Um, so a few of those, you know, that's just um, – there's no excuse for that in in, in a professional league. Um, getting blown out by that much is, is just an absolute failure. Um, but, you know, beyond that, and there's not – not that those results of it, there is a few of those. Even our, our first game against them um, was – a. It it ended up being a bit of a blowout, but it, they did they did show signs there, and that did that is partly you know my my biggest experience with North Melbourne this year. Probably catching bits of games when I've got nothing else on, and you know I just throw the footy on, and that's a game that's on. Then I'll, I'll watch it. Um, they haven't been super competitive, but they also haven't. There's been a few games this year, such as the one against Geelong, um, a few uh, like a month and a half ago, uh, where they did 
you know, they were ahead at halftime, I think, in that Geelong North Melbourne. And it's like Geelong is a team that is at eight and three at the moment and um, right alongside us and, you know, a big game for us coming up this week. But, um, you know, it's a team that, uh, well, you can talk about, Ge- you know, we'll talk about Geelong later, but they haven't, they've, they were a bit up and down at the start of the year, but it doesn't matter. They're still a talented team. And North Melbourne, look, they just ran out of gas. And that's what happens to a lot of young teams that are inexperienced and young and not getting many wins. They don't know how to close out a game and, and how to manage it. And, and then the class of a team like Geelong comes over the top. But, that is a good sign to be in a game like that because they really didn't blow out until later in the game. Um, they were in the game right up until, you know, towards the end of it. And that is that is a good positive sign, especially against a team as one of last year's grand finalists and, and a team that is tracking to be a top four contender this year and in the top four at the moment in Geelong. So, you know, you've got to give that the tick. Um you know, they they didn't get blown out by Melbourne. They didn't get, you know, there's a few teams that they've just, they've had probably 30, 40 point losses along the way. That's been where they've been at. They haven't had too many of those really real smashings. I think probably the Essendon game is probably the next biggest one on their, on their um, list. The rest of them haven't been super embarrassing for a team that's at the bottom of the table. I guess I should say that. It, look, they're, they're getting beaten comfortably in most. But the thing is, they, they did beat Hawthorne in a game that was... Um, it's something that in a season that's going to be pretty bereft of uh, opportunity to just go back and find positivity for them. Um, you know, just just from the outside, just from the outside looking in, um, that that win against Hawthorne was incredible because they they were down by five uh, thirty two points, I think, um, midway through the second quarter. And so, of teams that have just getting blown out every week, and you know, or, you know, getting beaten semi comfortably every week, like North Melbourne might have. That's the kind of time where you could just put the cue in the rack and go, we just don't know. But th- there's heart and there's some heart and fight in that team um, in what they're trying to do and the, to come back. And they probably saw the opportunity that Hawthorne is a team that can be beaten, um, even if we are five goals down and they come back and beat them. And that's a, that's a good sign. So um, it's a team with a lot of youth in there, a lot of in- inexperience. And there's a little bit of um, experience sprinkled throughout. You know, guys like Goldstein still running around and, Zebel and you know our old boy Jared Pollock there as well, and but then there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of um, you know 18, 19, and then there's a bunch of them in the 22, 23 range. So there's a lot of guys that are gaining some valuable experience this year. And um, while it's very, very early in their rebuild, um, obviously last year they did big changes in the off season and everything like that. So it's a probably a long journey still from here, but you can see the seeds of it there. And um, I have to say that they're not like, they're not going to be the worst letter grader today. Cause I just don't think they're the team that's in the absolute worst position as far as, you know, maybe you can talk about the, they don't have their, their off field is constantly a struggle with people trying to move them to fucking Tassie or wherever they want to move a team to. And it's always North Melbourne they grab and they've, they've got that unfortunate position of just being that team in the media a little bit. But um, beyond that, you know, they're not in the worst. You know, they, there's a lot worse positions teams can be in. Um, I think, and again, that's just my opinion. And there is a lot of things that there is, you know, they probably wish they were a bit more like the financial situations and stuff like that may not be the best for them. And particularly being in that position on the field as well, just makes it hard to ever find a way out probably at times. But um, they're, they're, as long as they keep making start, keep making the right decisions um, on the field, like just as far as their, you know, list management and all that goes. And just from this year on, because they did a massive overhaul at the end of last year and, um, it'll be what goes forward from here, but um, at the at the at the, this midpoint, um, I'd have to say, you know, one and ten, um, a lot of people weren't even sure where they get that a win from. So that's already a tick there. And um, while it's not a passing grade, you know, a D is, you know, it's not like 
it's not like you're not putting some effort in. It's just, no, it, you know, it's just it's still just pretty terrible what we're seeing. So um, that's that's North Melbourne. All right, it seems a good time to bring up the Hawthorns, considering we were just talking about the fact that they provided the Kangaroos their first loss of the year. And I think you just have to look at Hawthorne and go, that is that to me is just a solid F. It's a, just a this is a failure. Um, this is a team that uh, I guess you could say they boldly tried to rebuild on the run. Um, you know they they've uh, they're a mighty team in the you know late uh, late noughties, early teens of the year, decade, and obviously we know they won three in a row. And um, at this point, are the last team to do so. Uh, and uh, and we're an incredible team, and they've won they won four in eight years um, premierships, and we don't need to and played off for another one they're they've been a great team but they they attempted to rebuild on the right they they didn't go to the draft they've tried to bring in talent and they did they did they fucking got a fair few in and tried to got a brownlow medalist in there and all that stuff but um it just hasn't worked for them um it's proof that you need to supplement you need to find a balance somewhere in your drafting and your uh and your your list management in finding youth as well as getting those talented players in. There is a way that you can do it. Um, you know, Port, while I can't say the proof is in the pudding yet, but, um, you know, we, we went too far one way and then we didn't get enough of it. Then we went went hard to the draft, got a few talented players. Last year, got a mix of both. We, you know, we got a couple of, you know, free agent and a trade and a couple of good, ta- um, hopefully good players in the draft as well. Um, so there is a there is a way that you just got to find that balance. And obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing too. If it had worked for Hawthorne and for a while we thought maybe it will, but um, it just hasn't. And you know they brought in a lot of, a lot of talented players, whether it be um, you know being the beneficiaries of the Chad Wingard situation with us. But um, unfortunately, I have to say that worked better for us, obviously, than it has for them. Um, and you know, getting they got Tom Mitchell in, they got Jaeger Amira, they went Jonathan Patton, who's now out um, for um, you know reasons that we don't need to go into. But um, but you know they just. They haven't done enough to supplement the the team through the draft, and um, while they they you know they're trying they're bringing players in and out at the moment, they've got some talented talented youth there. Um, it's just not it's just they seem a bit rudderless at the moment. Um, don't have much to show for it. They've got um, and ironically, it's now they're the team that um, other teams might be looking to uh, feed off of a little bit. I guess you could say. Um, there's been rumors popped up today. I think it's Tom Morris who reported that then there's a Mutual interest in Tom Mitch, a Tom Mitchell trade that would be mutually beneficial for both Hawthorne and Richmond and Tom Mitchell. I think all three parties, from the rumours again, this is just rumours that, um, but you know, they're being reported in that fashion. They, there's some usually some, you know, when the smoke there's fire. Um, yeah, Tom Mitchell trade to Rich, uh, Richmond, and um, you know, this is a guy that's kind of the, the, the Hawthorne were going to linchpin their next their next assault on the. Premiership on it seemed, but they've just they've mired down in the you know second bottom and only a couple of wins for the season and and uh, those couple of wins being you know come from behind against Essendon at the start of the year where Essendon hadn't quite figured out that they were actually probably a reasonable team yet and we're still figuring things out and then um and then just being the beneficiaries of the Crows just thinking that they kicked enough goals in one half of footy so it's um it, they're uh while they've got a couple of wins they're very lucky they've got those couple and it's um. It's it's not fun reading for for Hawthorne in that way because they could very easily be the bottom side of the table and that's um that's probably a hard hard thing to think about for Hawthorne um I would say but uh, that's that's what, what you've got to honestly look at they're lucky they've got a couple of wins on the board and um they're probably keeping themselves up and 
those couple of wins might just be enough if they can supplement with the one or two more in the towards the end of the year because they'll they'll play some games where they'll be in them, um, and that might be enough to keep them off from a wooden spoon. But they're a team that you know they they're talking about the rebuilds and they're talking about whether Clarko will be there for this rebuild because. And, you know, he's been there for so long now that whether he wants to be part of a rebuild at Hawthorne or he needs a fresh start. And it's just, it is, uh, it's just how the mighty have fallen. They've fallen just incredibly hard. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they tried to circumvent the rebuild, the hard rebuild, um, but it's, it's, it's um, absolutely evident now that a rebuild is required. And, um, and I think it's been accepted as well, but, I mean, the big question is who will head the rebuild, and that's um, a hard place for Hawthorne to be. But that's where they're at, and um, I can't say anything more than it's just just a, a solid F. It's just a it's just a failure for a team that um, has tried so much in the last few years to 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 try and remain relevant in that sense. Um, it just hasn't hasn't worked, and and you know the letter grade would be better if I could see, but I think they've only just accepted the rebuilds needed, and they just don't seem and. But it still remains to be seen who's going to be the person for it. And if while Clarko's there, but while the questions, are, unless Clarko sits there and says, no, I'm going to be here for the next five years and sign his contract, then I have to give it up because I, I think there's just a bit rudderless at the moment while the the, sh- the while the fog of what the next move is is still hanging around. It's kind of like, you know, when the when you haven't don't know what the next um, place you're going to go in the uh, game of Age of Empires is. You haven't been to that that land yet, so... It's fogged and covered. They don't know where they're going yet, and that's why it's a, it's a bit of a failure, I think, for me at the moment. Alrighty, Collingwood. Um, just going to say right now, and and this is like, and now again, I, let's preface this: that the letter grades are including off field and uh, and on field or rolled into one. Now, Collingwood off on field, you could see there are, and certainly in the last weekend in the win against the Crows, you can see there are signs of where this, this team and the. Um, you know some signs that they still can be competitive, and they didn't. They didn't uh, make it. They made it tough on a couple of top top four contending teams the last couple of weeks in Geelong and and us in Port Adelaide as well. And you know some games this year they haven't lost by a whole lot. Um, so you can't exactly. It's not exactly that they're um they're abysmal um on the field. They're just a bit hard to watch. <laughs> I think has been the general consensus. But off the field, um is where they get the letter grade of F. And that one, if it, particularly for Collingwood's um, situation, stands for fucking abysmal. Because um, between the do-better report and the and the, the meltdown that has happened at board level since uh, Eddie McGuire stepped down and, um, you know, everything going on behind the scenes and it's still happening. And, you know, there's talk about, oh, we've got to have a meeting to avoid a bloodless coup. And, um, you know, the guy that Mark Corder that's there at pres- as president at the moment seems like a dead man walking the way everyone's trying to Jostle and Eddie McGuire has nothing to do with the club anymore, but beyond um, having everything to do with the club, and it seems like a puppet master um, working the strings back there still. Um, you know, he's had to defend himself on footy classified, classified super weirdly, um, saying, yeah, there's nothing to do with the club, but, you know, besides helping get sponsorships and all that fucking shit, and having his good mate uh, try to take over the board as well. So, you know, nothing to do with the club, but everything to do with the club, and everything to do with the. Um, rotten club that was left behind, whether it be the fact that there was systemic racism absolutely proved at the club um, and uh, and all that stuff and the fact that it was a proud and historic day, which was just a, just another fucking abysmal day for Collingwood's year. So um, off the field, they're a fucking mess. Um, they're fucking terrible <laughs> off the field and I fucking can't stand them. And, um, but that's just off the field. On the field, it's been just um, hard to watch, uh, really. Um, they haven't been blown out in too many games, I don't think, this year. I'm um, just having a quick look now, actually, and 
you know, West Coast might be the biggest loss of the year or Gold, Gold Coast. Like they, haven't, they haven't actually been blown out in any games, really, um, which is – but they're just not kicking goals. Um, their biggest score for the year, um, just having a quick look through here, is a 13-goal 7, I think, might be the biggest score for the year, which um, is not good. And they scored that twice this year, actually, funnily enough. Uh, but um, no, they haven't scored that twice this year. I was looking at someone else's score. Sorry. But anyway, they've 13 goals set. No, they kicked 16 goals, 10 against Carlton. Sorry, I'm just doing this. I should have written this down, eh? Um, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, beyond uh, being Carlton, which fucking hell, Carlton, I get to you fucking cunts in a bit. Um, Collingwood have just, they've just not, um, their particular last few weeks has really highlighted it and it's been a big media story, but just how fucking abysmal they are to watch. But they make the back, they, they, the, I guess the one thing you can say for them, one thing you can hold on to as you're dra- like, you know, hanging onto the door um, as you uh, float away from the Titanic as this ship just fucking sinks. Um, it's the fact they do make it life hard on the opposition and, and they might get wins somewhere from there. And that's what they did, you know, against Adelaide last weekend, um, relying on Jamie Elliott to kick a bag of six. Um, but uh, you know the Geelong game was abysmal the other week, and then the game against us was truly abysmal. You could see signs of like what they can do, but then they just don't stick to it. And there's a lot of aging. There's an aging list there as well. Like some of the you know key guys on that list are you know Pendlebury and Sidewater aren't going to be around for much longer. Um, you know Jamie Elliott's en- entering veteran territory, and they they ship guys off that could have been part of the next you know you know Jadam Trelaw fucking kicked and screamed about wanting to stay for some stupid reason I think he's probably happy about it now but um you know they they just don't they they made abysmal decisions in the off season and uh and uh continuing to make abysmal decisions this year as well whether it be off the field or on the field really they just haven't found and and I'm sure you know Buckley's been there a long time and who knows how long he's going to be there it depends if they can he I think he seems to have the confidence of everyone but who fucking knows I don't know. They're a fucking mess, and they need to fucking shut up about the um, the prison bars for one thing, um, and just get over that, and maybe just sort your own house out um, because it's fucking it fucking stinks. So um, you know, it's wh- where the F grade comes from. I just wanted to call them fucking abysmal because I fucking hate them. So um, that that's pretty much. I didn't really have anything constructive to say about. Well, I think I did say some things constructive about Collingwood because. Ironically, on the field, I'm not not as mad like Matt. I just think they're just fucking playing shit footy. Um, despite despite the fact that they have proven it in the short bursts that they can play better footy, um, but a lot of those guys that are playing the good footy are gonna not gonna be around for a whole lot longer. And uh, well, they they've unearthed some good talent in the last couple of weeks, um, and they probably need to give those guys a f- bit more of a go. They're probably gonna get the other Dacos kid in the um, who's apparently impressing everyone. Um, so better things are on the horizon. But um, at this stage, at this midpoint of the season, with everything that's gone on off the field, um, it being the big, big question mark um, about this club and their culture and everything like that, it's an F for fucking abysmal. All righty, we've got Adelaide next on the ladder. Um, they're actually going to get an okay grade for me because, look, it's, you know, I think I, I think I just have to give them... I had B minus written here from in my notes. The notes that I didn't even fucking finish. Um, I think I'll probably just drop down a C plus. Oh, no, look, I'm I'm doing this completely objectively because I fucking hate him and I give him an F for fucking abysmal just for being the the crows and all the shit that they they do and um, the annoyance that they provide me. But um, you know, I'm gonna be objective and I say, no, I'll give him a B minus. Look, they've had they had a pretty ordinary preseason showing against us twice and. Um, 
you know, it was very understandable questions in the media. It was like, will they win at all? And it was the question I heard from someone in the media. I can't remember if it was Kane Gorns or who. They said, um, is, you know, which team out of those two is going to finish bottom of the table? And I think in the, you know, your footy shows and the panels where they show the teams at the bottom, like they show their predictions for, you know, uh, Premiership, Coleman, Brandline Middlest, Wooden Spooner. Like it was a pretty even mix. It might have been 60 40 kangaroos to crows, but it was still a reasonable amount of people that picked the crows. Um, then, you know, I, I think they were three and one after the first month of footy. And, you know, the question started being like, fuck, you know, I think I saw a few. Of the then the media then um, whether it be you guys like um, you know, Rashido or whatever in the media saying well this team could this team could be six and one by the end of the next month because they're fucking they're actually fucking good and I don't know where they're going to lose because they're winning so many games and they beat Geelong and all that stuff so um, you know that's that's the kind of thing that happens though is like you you, you results go one way at the start of the year in the preseason and you start going oh doom and gloom and you get a few good results and it's oh fuck they're never going to lose again. Um, as usual, um, the answer um, actually, you know, in reality, is somewhere in between. Yes, they've been a lot better this year, and there's a lot of good signs. They get some good performance out of you. Got guys like Paul Seedsman who um, has has having a really good year again. Um, it's it's really a basis based on their a lot of their veterans actually. You know, Texas, you know, kicking bags and um, in the Coleman race, and you got Rory Sloan once he's back from injury playing well, and um, a lot of the veterans playing well. Then you've got the got the youth. Um, in, in and out a little bit, some of them. Um, yeah, yeah, James Rowe kicking some big goals and celebrating like he's just won a fucking grand final. Um, um, even though it's just a regular season game, someone needs to tell him that. But um, yeah, then uh, then you got guys, you got guys like Ben Keys who's just in incredible form, and and a lot of other guys that are showing glimpses. Um, certainly, Phil Thorpe's come in and and looked apart straight away as well. So there's a lot of good signs there, and even um, Darcy Fogarty's looked all right the last couple of weeks as well. So. There are good signs there, but then you know they did after th- after being three and one, they lost five in a row. So um, and some of those games, uh, particularly the GWS one, they were just inept. Um, I had that one just on TV and at work um, in the background and just watch. <laughs> Any time I looked up, it was just GWS were almost having a training drill and it did. It was weird because I'd seen the Crows um, a few of the Crows games earlier in the year where they they beat. Well, I watched the one where they beat Geelong, and um, they, there's just the efforts, but the the contrast in effort between the two so two teams I was seeing, even though they're the same teams, apparently was completely different. And it just shows that um, young teams that are up and coming, that are, have some positive signs and they can get to three and one, um, it's hard to sustain it because they're still trying to figure things out. And when they get a bit of a punch in the mouth, like you do against your areas, you don't know how to punch back because you're just figuring out how to punch at all. Um, so that's kind of kind of where they're at. You know, it's, um, you know, they, they then they go and kick fifteen goals straight or whatever it was against Hawthorne, but then can't kick and they only kick one more goal for the rest of the game while Hawthorne storm back and win the game, and then you know inept against GWS, and then they find then they find a little bit of form and again uh, in tough losses to West Coast and Richmond, and you know, in between that there's they've they've beaten Melbourne who are undefeated, and then then they lose when they shouldn't to Collingwood. So the story really is um, in short short piece is that it's just hard to rebuilds a temperamental beasts and uh, Adelaide is in the middle of one and there's going to be some good there's going to be some bad but um, compared with where they were last year considering they finished on the bottom with the wooden spoon um, you have to say that uh, that there's a lot of good signs there and where where they go once the, the, the veterans are doing a fair bit there so that's where I'm balancing between a B minus to C plus and maybe I'll just go um, CB, um, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, they they they're going okay and a lot better than probably some would have expected. So you have to give them some plaudits for that. 
Um, that alone, um, they can't find a, they still can't find a place to put their club rooms because that's what the solace clubs have to deal with. But hey, um, you know, we all have our crosses to bear. So, but on the field, they're going okay. So, um, I guess you could go, go see and just call it, call it quits because I can't fucking be asked talking about them anymore. Alrighty. So, next on the ladder is Carlton. Um, which, fucking Carlton. Um, look. A lot of this, a lot of my feelings about Carlton right now are predicated by the fact that I, for some stupid reason, um, and footy tipping is a fucking shit shit of a game, and why the fuck do I do it? I don't know. But um, I also enjoy it when um, when I see tips rolling in and it's all green ticks, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking easy. Then when you just Carlton are playing West Coast, and it's and it's like it's away, and West Coast have got fucking half their team can't fucking walk, and it's and it's just like, oh well, West Coast are barely going to even be able to field a team. Carlton, uh, Carlton need a Carlton need a big win, and you know they've they've you know they beat Hawthorne a couple of weeks ago, and they've they've uh, they had a close close game against Melbourne, and it's just like oh fuck they had a close game, and it's like finally they're gonna they've got a chance to beat get a big big win because West Coast have got half the team again half the team out, and it's like fuck this is finally gonna be Carlton's moment, and they're just fucking shit, and they just fucking shit the bed, and I look at this I look at the in hindsight, I go, that was easy money if I just bet on West Coast. That was an easy tip if I just tipped on West Coast. I should have fucking known. Carlton, a goddamn fucking shit. And that's why they get a greater G. It's even lower than F. It's even lower than failure. They're goddamn fucking awful. And that is Carlton right now. And I'm fucking sick of them. I'm fucking sick of the fact that for 20 years they've been shit. They've been shit off the field. They've been shit on the field. Um, and they can't fucking do anything yet. It's all any we all ever fucking hear about is fucking Carlton. And all their problems and everything they keep doing wrong and everything we know that they're doing wrong and now they're doing a fucking external review so they're in the news today for about that and it's just like oh oh we're gonna get people outside the club to tell us what's wrong because we haven't been able to fucking figure it out for 20 fucking years and it's just like well fuck listen to maybe just listen to a fan for once because all of your fans have been telling you for years all the fucking things you've been doing wrong um you know whether it be list man list list mismanagement or um, the fact that you t- every time you, you keep turning over your list but it never gets fucking younger for some fucking reason because you keep just going and getting and you know Eddie the, the Eddie Betts back to Carlton's a fucking fairy tale and whatever it's great Eddie Betts is a great player and it's much easier to watch him uh, kicking uh, crazy good goals for Carlton because he's not fucking doing it in Adelaide and a threat in the showdown anymore so that's fucking awesome I'm glad for Eddie and all those players that you know, the veteran, but it's like, that's not going to fucking help your situation. And they're doing an external review to fucking try to figure it out. And you just, the the external review, hopefully just at the end, they've paid out like fucking $20 million to some fucking rich cunt just to tell them you're fucking shit and this is all the shit you need to fix. And it's just like, probably should have fucking figured that out yourself because you've got people at the club that should probably fucking figure it out because you've been shit for 20 years and you keep turning over stuff. And there's probably some good staff members there. So by the way, I'm not shitting on all of them, but Fucking figure it out because I'm fucking sick of hearing about it. It's been 20 fucking years, Carlton. Get your shit together. That's it. I don't want to fucking talk about him anymore. Okay, I should actually talk about on the field Carlton too, though. <laughs> I just went around and clicked stop and was like, yeah, that's done. And I was like, fuck, I didn't talk about him on the field at all. Um, look, on the field, they're fucking shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, look, and this is the fucking funny thing is that at the start of the year, they have a close game against Car- Richmond and it's like, oh, fuck. There's their chance and then they play Collingwood the next week and it's like well this is their if they're ever they were going to beat Collingwood this was their chance they don't fucking do it and they're just this is the problem with Carlton they just repeatedly set themselves up for failure and they they set the, they they set themselves too lofty a goal at the start of the year by saying that we're going to play fucking finals or whatever and it's just like they just every time they just get they they kind of just tease the tip and then just they fucking 
they just fucking fall on their face because they don't know how to fucking finish. And it's ridiculous. And they, they've got some good players in there. They've got some good young players. But then they're doing the shit with Patrick Cripps, who's playing with a fucking broken back because he's carrying the fucking expectations of 20 years of Colton fucking misery on his back. And then Harry McKay, he, he's fucking leading the Cohen. And he's still, he can't, he's, they've got a player leading the Coleman. They can't fucking, they can't even fucking get themselves in. You know, they're already pretty much out of finals contention if you look at their the way they're playing and how dysfunctional they look. And that's with a fucking possible Coleman medalist leading the line. So it's just like, this team is a fucking shit show. And no, I, mean, I am done talking about it. What, what am I fucking doing? Alrighty, the Gold Coast Suns. Everyone's favorite team that has done absolute fuck all for uh, 10 years now. Um, I mean... Look, I got to. I just got to give him a. It's a tough one as far as Lettergrade goes. Um, getting back to some semi-serious nature of it after just fucking shitting on Carlton and Collingwood and Adelaide for, um, the best part of the last fifteen minutes. But um, Gold Coast is an interesting one because they've they they feel like they're so close to just breaking out into some form of um quality in the sense of if they just get some luck and then, but Matt Rowell going down in the first game of the year after just this big comeback story after he blew onto the scene last year and was like looking like he could win the fucking Brownlow in his first year in the AFL as well as the rising star. Um, he comes back in and it's all fanfare and says, he just gets fucking injured again and you just go, oh, fucking no. It's going to be one of those years for Gold Coast again, isn't it? And, um, you know, it, they lose their right, Jared Witz goes down and then the Ruckman they were going to grab in the fucking preseason draft. Sorry, preseason draft, mid-season draft. They fucking do a medical on him, and it's, he's got a PCL injury. Apparently, he's been playing still good footy for I think it's Norwood Ruckman actually. Um, but Jesus, that's just it, that's just heartbreaking for a team that's just finally wants to find some relevance and get into even the discussion of what well, they just want to make. They just be able to finish an eighth, I think, just as a point of um, ascension in the right direction as far as a team direction goes for the next few years. But it's just not happening for them, and. Um, you know they're not. They've had some good results this year. You know they, they they didn't. They played okay against West Coast at the start of the year, and then um, obviously in a game that they they lost to fucking Carlton, who have just just spent spent five minutes just calling a bu- bunch of fucking dickheads. So, um, you know they've had, some results haven't gone for them. But then you know they had they beat they beat Sydney, and then they go on that win against the Collingwood at the G was. Kind of a moment when everyone, I think, sat up and, and unfortunately the headlines were more around Collingwood again rather than the Gold Coast, who had one of the best wins of their their ten year time in the AFL so far. And but then they went and um, you know lost to St Kilda the next week when they probably shouldn't have. And it's just like it's just up and down like that, and they just can't find any semblance of rhythm in the sense of um, you know, and that's with you know players being out and whatever. But um, apparently Matt Rowell looks like he could be on the way back. He could be back this... I don't know if it's back this week, um, but I did see something that he could be back. So um, I think for me, just for the year, maybe you give him a... Oh, fucking D plus, I think, because they're not quite a not quite a passing grade yet just because you'd hope to see a little bit more out of the team um, even with those guys missing. But um, they've got good signs. Like, Tuke Miller's a fucking great player and he's playing good footy and... Um, there are signs there, and it's just like, and I love Stewie Jew, so I couldn't, I can't, I can't just fucking shit all over him because, um, yeah, a lot of love for that man, and um, so they're a team that's in just they're in that, and it's just it was so sad when they, when they did their team of the deck, team of the decade thing. You look at their team, it's just a who's who of um, who's fucking left the club. So, <laughs> um, fucking Trent McKenzie made the team of the year. Um, the team of the decade, as well as um, at Big Charlie Dixon. So, and it's just, and it's just sad because he's, you know, Mackenzie's, and he's a 
actually a great he's a great player, one of our best players last year and he's come back into our side this year and playing incredible footy. So it's just sad that you look at the Gold Coast team of the decade and you think any team team's team of the decade would be a bunch of players, you go, Yeah, I fucking love that guy, I fucking love that guy and a Gold Coast fan just looks at it and goes, Well, I fucking loved him for the fucking, you know, hundred games that he was here and then he left for greener pastures. Like it's just just like it's like a funeral looking looking at that team of the decade. So it's tough for them, and that's probably not a great off-field look. But they had to do a team of the decade, and they had to had to do it. How they did it, so it is what it is. But um, yeah, I haven't honestly beyond the Collingwood game. Um, I haven't watched much Gold Coast footy this year, and um, I don't see myself watching too much more this year, apart from when they they play us in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I do feel for them. I, th- I think they just they just need to get the, the, some luck would be good for them. Um, I'd love to. Uh, I we're uh, really excited to watch um, when Matt Rao comes into the comes into the side and actually gets a good month of footy and um, at least and uh, actually see what the kids because you know he could still come in and win the fucking Rising Star Award if he plays um, a good half a year of footy. So um, yeah, look, there are things that there are things they're probably uh, Gold Coast have been such a shit show for their entire existence, really. Um, there was that one year they were in the top four and then um, Ablett was playing good footy and then he went down and the whole fucking thing fell apart. So um, it is unfortunate for them that they're just um, mired in misery, it seems, and um, I don't know where that's going to stop. But uh, And, yeah, certainly at the moment, the D-plus is the best I can give them. So, um, yeah, unfortunate for the Gold Coast. That that's just where they're at at the moment. But um, there is also the little twinklings of good signs there somewhere, but I still don't know if it's actually going to be found Um that's just me trying to be hopeful for him. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about yeah, good old Gold Coast Suns. Alrighty, St Kilda, and I've, like this is already gone half an hour already, so I've completely blown out of proportion. I'm going to try and run through them a bit quicker now. But um, St Kilda is a team that uh, I have to give a. I think I'm going to go D plus as well because I think the story of St Kilda this year is um, somewhere in between from where, you know, at the end of last year there was a lot of hope for this year, but. Um, I think they kind of exploded last year and their rebuild was like, they probably went one to, and it's not that you can, if you hit form, you just got to take it, but um, they probably hit it one year too soon as far as where they're at. Um, You know, this year it's, and and you've got to ask questions. There is questions about their recruitment strategies and stuff like that because, you know, Hanover can't get on the field. Um, You know, Bradley Hill still hasn't found form, but I think it's just Bradley Hill's probably, um, he's not, I don't think he's a player that, to to build around, he's a he's a great player to have in your side. Um, if you're, he's a luxury player. He's not the player that's gonna win. He's not like he's not your bottom pedalies and stuff like that. He's he's a luxury player to add into the side. That's why he, when he was winning flags, um, he was he was a good player. He was an addition to what was already there, which was a good core, um of great players to build around and win flags with. But when he's not the player, he's there's a this expectation on Brad Hill at St. Kilda is just not right for the player that he is. And that's not his fault. It's just who the player he is when utilized right is fucking great. But he's, he's, he kind of, I think he's the kind of player that's going to be, um, he's going to be great when your team is great. When your team's not so great, he's going to come in and out of games. That's the way it's going to be with, with him, um, he'll find it sometimes and he won't find it other times and it's just going to be a bit inconsistent. Um, and with St. Kilda at the moment, they're, just, they're having a lot about the, there's some luck with injuries here and there, but um, it's just a bit, um, it's like the expectations hit and teams have figured it. They've they've hit that, that skid where teams are aware of what you can do well, so you've got to actually be better than that and find your level 
above that and they just haven't found that yet they've they've been found out for the the thing the things that are doing well they've been found out a bit about and um they just haven't been able to build on last year the way that they probably felt they could and um you know there's a lot of issues beyond you know max king's goal kicking um and i'm not going to do what the rest of the media is and just shit all over him because it is just some easy he's an incredibly young player and forwards can take a long time to develop. So the thing is with what Max Tink- King's doing is um, he's doing so much incredibly well at such such a young age. You know, his marking and presenting for the ball is just incredible. He's just goal kicking is just way off. And if they take the pressure off him a little bit and just figure it out and don't, don't put too much time into focusing on that, he's going to be an incredible player for him for a long time. He's just so young still. It's just It's just annoying to see actually how many people think that he should already be this. The player that you know, whereas forwards can talk, uh, forwards and talls and bigs can take a lot longer to develop. So where he's at right now is just really just figure out the goalkeeping. He's going to be fucking unstoppable. So um, that's yeah. And, and then you look at the game last weekend with uh, Jack Higgins kicking one goal six, and that's just heartbreaking to see. You don't you, um, beyond there's certain players in the NFL will be happy to see that happen too because um, just because of the teams they're on. Really, it's just me being. Um, a dick, but um, you don't like seeing it, you know, you, just when he's on his haunches up, and you could see when he's lining up for that last kick, and he just, oh, he's just looking the thing, he's gonna fucking, he just doesn't, he looked, he looked shot mentally, and it's just, and I, I think that's like a microcosm of a lot of what's happening with St. Kitter at the moment, they're just a bit shot mentally as far as they're trying to figure out how to take that next step, and they just haven't figured it out yet, so they're at five and seven, and um, they just haven't figured it out yet, and they could have beaten Sydney. 11 times over on the weekend they just didn't and it's just they're finding and it's just like the step from going from a good team to a great team is very difficult and they're, they're not even at the good team to great team step they're just at the okay team to good team step still and they got kind of teetering on that good team step last year and then fell out of the finals and then they're just they're just trying to find it again this year it's just tough um and that's just where they're at at the moment so um i'll give them a d plus because i don't think they're um a lot of people might call it a complete failure of a season after where they were last year, but I think that they're actually where they were last year was um, a little bit ahead of where they expected to be, and this is probably about where they because there is just promising signs there in little in little patches, but then um, things just aren't quite right for them at the moment too. And um, there's going to be some big decisions to make, you know, because some guys that are actually playing incredible incredibly well for them this year are the the vets. You know, you've got guys like. Um, um, you know, Paddy Ryder still is just such an incredible footballer and um, you do wish you had the luxury of still having him somehow fitting into port. Not that it would work now, but um, um, he'd be such a, he's, he, I, he was a player I loved and um, he's playing great footy there and they've got, they've got such a great future with their rucks and, and all that. So there is good signs for the future there. It's just they've just got to figure out this next step as to um, probably feeling confident that they can be that team. Um, whether it's just a lack of lack of belief there a little bit and they're a bit rudderless and stuff like that, it's 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 interesting. But um, they can get there, and um, I, I don't I'm not as down on them as a lot. I, you know, a lot of people are just like, what's happened to St Kilda? And it's just like, well, they they weren't anything until last year when they surprised us. So maybe we've just got to take that step back and go, okay, they're kind of just they they're not completely. Out. They're, they're a couple of games out of the finals at the moment with the way the ladders are shaping up at the moment. But it's not. Um, with the way the season's gone and the way we wrote off teams at the, you know, it was at the start of the season, you know, who was, where were Geelong, you know, at the start of the season, you know, Brisbane were one and three, I think, you know, and they're now eight and four, you know, so teams can turn things around quickly and we've just got to take a step back and go, look, there is some strong issues at St. Kilda to figure out for them, but um, it's also just, you know, they they weren't nothing until last year and they're, they're going to, they, they'll find their way and um, some of these young players just need to be given that time as well and that time and space and breathing space to find it. So, um, I yeah, 
the D plus. It's not a passing grade for this this year at the moment, but they're not and they're not a complete failure for me either. There's somewhere in between at the moment, which probably is below. This where they're on the right on the ladder too. Alrighty, Fremantle, a side that um, is at uh, we've got the five and seven as well with a percentage of eighty eight point four. Um, sitting right above um, St Kilda there with the same record. And uh, a team that um, I think, uh, for me, has got a solid C grade for the year so far. Um, they're a team that's um, in very much uh, recognised in a rebuild, and uh, I think there's some good signs for that team at the moment. Um, they've had some... To me, they haven't actually been... like They haven't been embarrassed too much this year. They certainly... Um, you know, our game was a, the best kind of the weird test for them. Um, well, they did get beaten by Carlton, so that's that's probably embarrassing. <laughs> um, as as you could well tell, I don't have any respect for Carlton and Carlton at the moment because I'm still pissed off about last weekend. But um, you know they they got they got beaten by Carlton and um, fairly hand, fairly well handled by West Coast in the derby. But um, beyond that, you know they've had some big some good wins. Um, you know they had a tough loss against Essendon away, really big win against Fremantle. Uh, Fremantle. Fremantle, uh, Sydney, uh, Fremantle had a good win against at home, and um, you know you got beyond the, you know you got some weird issues with like Nat Five kicking three goals seventeen or whatever it is for the year, um, but beyond that there's there's some good signs to that team I think um, for me they're uh, well like I said they're in they're obviously in the middle of a rebuild and then just to me the side that they there's chances like particularly last weekend actually I don't think I didn't. The week before, we saw them at Adelaide Oval, and uh, beyond that first quarter, they really threw and their pressure and their um, hunt for the ball. Um, it was really a proof of like what can what can be done when you actually get your get your pressure right and your um your systems right in the field as to how you can um you can make a game against good opposition such as us um uh tough and uh, they did that to us for a couple of quarters and we just luckily um with a good uh, that first quarter um with their bad kicking and as well as us being quite ruthless ruthless in that first quarter built a lead that just was insurmountable in the end but they did bring it back to um under four goals and that was a plus and then um last week the game against um, the bulldogs uh, just um just this weekend gone was incredible their pressure and their their ball use at times was incredibly um you know, bold, and that's what you have to do against a team like the Bulldogs. But you could see in that team the 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 genesis of what um what Justin Longmuir was trying to do um with that team, and and there's a real kind of identity there with their footy and what they're trying to do at Frio. So that's kind of like it's a promising thing to me when I watch what they're doing. Um, they're not you know they're not a great team at all, and that they, they'll probably miss finals just with the way their record's looking at the moment. Just um, the, the injuries. God, I mean, that's the thing. You look at the game against the Bulldogs and how they were, they kept on fighting back. And I think the Bulldogs, just the way they were playing, they just, they always seem to have that answer. And, you know, when you can, when you can hand off to Bont um, to kick from 50 out, um, and, you know, Freer probably should just keep an eye on, you know, when, when you got Bont uh, looking like he's going to run around for the handball, just um, you know, try to do something about that one. But, um, you know, the Bulldogs did always look like they had an answer, but Freo were also really putting the heat on there and, and was making it quite tough on them at times. And um, who knows what happens if Freo don't get whatever it was. You know, they had fucking it looked like two or three injuries in the space of a couple of minutes there at one point when um, Fife went off, unfortunately. So probably some injury concerns that are particularly going to be an issue for them going forward in the next few weeks as well um, as far as trying to build any chance at sneaking into the finals. So I don't know exactly where they can finish this year, but... Um, just there's positive signs there for me as far as where they're looking for and where their footy's looking to go for the next few years. Um, I think they're in a 
a good place for a team that's obviously not going to not looking at playing finals maybe, but um, just just uh, having a good year with um, finding finding what they've got and the players they've got and working out what needs need to go forward with and um, uh, yeah, you got to give them a, just a solid C I think is a good good place for Frio to be and um, yeah, that's where they probably where they yeah, it's good good place for them to be. I'd be happy enough. All right, GWS um, team that's. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, playing the grand final, obviously getting beaten. Um, as I sorry, just taking a chuck of beer here. Mm. That shapeshifter is good. Uh, good solid West Coast stuff. Yeah, it's got that deep, that real solid flavour to it too. Um, like a proper, it's proper crafty. Like I, I lived in Oregon for a few years, and the the heavy beers that they they really um, brew them heavy over there, and I really enjoy those. And this has got a bit of that quality to, to it. So. Anyway, what was I talking about? GWS, yeah. Um, they're at five and six at the moment. They obviously had a bye um, last weekend. So they're up um, with the this uh, obviously five and six, um, but they've got a better percentage as well. Um, so sitting in 10th. And uh, our team, I'd have to... I'm surprised. I'm giving them... I'm going to give them a B minus thing because last year was a shit show. Um, and so they, as I said at the start, the, the, my... My grades are expectation versus reality. Now, the expectation for GWS was probably to fight their way back into the finals. Um, so for on on that, you'd sit there and say maybe it's, it's still a D, but for, it's B minus for me because the injuries that the amount of injuries they just they just got to the point where the rubber band snapped, but they're still actually playing okay footy at times. And they, you know, I watched that game where they smashed the Crows at Adelaide Oval, and it was just they made the Crows look like, like absolute shit. Now, I don't actually think I've seen a team. Make the crows look worse this year, and that's me. That's ourselves included. The crows looked, and whether it was the crows were having an off day, I don't know. But Gito's are incredible that day by comparison, and you could see so much of what they actually can do well. And the amount of injuries they've had is you know, Phil Davis, Callum Ward, all those blokes, those such key guys, Caniglio and Canelio, sorry, um, and just there's so many players that just they just got to the point, and we've been talking about it ourselves. When does that snap happen where you just stretch so thin? Um, as far as the injuries keep piling on for you, and that's just what's happened with GWS. I just think they've they've had some results not go their way because they just haven't had quite the the guys in the field that they've wanted to. But the fact they're still sitting like this is a team that um a couple of weeks ago I was really thinking we're pro- possibly going to be heading for final, and you just get a few more of those injuries, and it's just like I just don't think they're going to quite have the soldiers to get them over the line for this year. But um. For me, after last year, you know, you, and I think a lot of us, are, probably a lot of people that are listening to this have probably seen them making their mark on Amazon Prime, and it's just, you know, they just everything was just so, fucking looked like an sh- absolute shit show for them. And, you know, Cornelio was all over the place, and Leon Cameron just looked like frustrated, and just all he could do was yell and scream and curse because there's nothing else, there's nothing else was going to help. But, um, you know, just for me this year, um, I think I said B minus before, did I? Look, it's probably actually you can't give a team that's sitting in tenth anything above C. I think but C plus because for what they've been doing and showing compared to what you know last year was just an absolute shit show, and I I, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect from this this year if it would just keep spiraling downwards. I think there's been some fight and grit shown for a team um, that I didn't wasn't quite wasn't quite sure what to expect from, um, particularly with the year they had last year, and but. Um, Injuries, are so, man. If they were fit this year, who knows what they could be doing? They, I think, they'd probably find themselves possibly in the eight, and um, you know, who knows where they could go from there with a fit team. And now, there, there's still a lot of talent there. Um, you know, who knows? So, 
Um, unfortunately, just the injuries a bit, and you know, it's just a little bit too much to. But there is, you know, they're probably finding some good signs. They're considering they lost guys like Jeremy Cameron in the off season. It's um, a big loss, but they're finding ways forward anyway. And um, you know, maybe maybe things won't be so bad. I'm, I'm still not sure about Leon Cameron and, and Co. But um, you know, it could I probably was expecting. I'd probably expect a lot worse from a team with the amount of injuries they've had um, than sitting in tenth. Um, and just a couple of games outside the eight. So, look, not not terrible. Let's let's say that. So, uh, yeah, GWS surprising, I would say this year um, for compared with where I thought they'd be. All right, Essendon. As I'm just I'm just gonna be drinking a bit more beer as I'm talking. <laughs> um, Essendon. This is one that I'm really surprised by this year, considering their start. Um, oh, that's good. Uh, their start of the year was pretty, you know, pretty. Horrible in a way. Um, they they have a forty point lead against um Hawthorne in the opening week of the season. Blow that, and then they come to Adelaide Oval and kind of get blown out of the water by us as well. Um, and what was probably one of, one of the fun days of the season for us at Adelaide Oval in that nice uh, mid mid autumn sun, and um, I got fucking sunburnt, and uh, you know just you know they there was just they were zero and two, and it's just like fuck where they where are they going, and then they um. They go and smash St Kilda the next week, and that's all right. But then, you know, lose to Sydney, and they're one and three. And but since that point, and they lost to Brisbane as well. And you know, Brisbane was starting to find their groove, and they're a pretty fucking good team. Since that point, they've been finding um, some finding some ways to win. They they lost to Carlton as well. Fucking Jesus Christ, Carlton! Every time I think that you shit, you just pop up with a result. I'm just looking through results as I go now. But um, to me, they've been really finding their groove the last. Um, Probably month of the season really has been there. There's been some you've been seeing the signs of what this Essendon rebuild could be, and um, you know the GWS game was a heartbreaker. Um, that was a good good one for GWS as well, who we just talked about. It was just you know there's two sides in a very you know different positions as far as where they're at. Um, but Essendon, but they're also in the very similar positions in the ladder. So you could see the good signs from both teams and what just what was a great game for the day. Um, back in um, uh, same day as we uh, played the showdown, but um, yeah, then you, you they they beat Frio, they beat and they smashed North Melbourne, um, and then that big huge result over in the West, um, you know, and with the, you know, I I I was first starting, I was starting to just watch footy as a little young tacker when the Kevin Sheedy swing, you know, um, jacket waving stuff was happening, and you know, I was reminded of that when I was just watching Essen just steamroll over the line against West Coast and just. What was a real boil over? Because, you know, West Coast losing at home to anyone is tough. You know, we got fucking smashed over there earlier in the year. And then, um, and look, the injuries being been biting for West Coast. We'll get to them. But, um, you know, for Essendon, just steamroll over the line for them. Because it wasn't just, they smashed that team off the park. I think the, the scoreline really flatters West Coast in the end. And um, that's just such a huge win. And then they, look, last week, you know, the dream time at the O's, it was coin and what, it, what an incredible turnout they had for that. Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, I was listening to one of the podcasts that I think it was the AFL Exchange, or whatever it's called. Uh, Cal Twomey and a few other couple, couple of other blokes that do that one, and I do enjoy that one. Um, I was saying, was that the closest thirty-nine point win you've ever seen? Because you know, Essen, the, the way the steam rolled back into that game in that midway through the fourth quarter and had the fucking lead, um, and then only for Richmond to do what Richmond do and steamroll back and kick what six or seven unanswered. Um, you know, that's just incredible. And so Essendon on any other day beat you know beat Richmond and so they they win and that's away from home they've been away from home for a couple of weeks and they've gone over and beat West Coast you know and kind of 
in the with the whole hubs well not the hub stuff but the getting away from Melbourne stuff they're having to do and then they almost go over and beat Richmond as well and it's just like I think they've found some identity and whether the time together um in you know away and having to kind of consolidate and you know shoulder arm you know just do the do the things that you do to to kind of you know get through that kind of stuff and they've found something in that experience and uh in you know suddenly the questions of Ben you know Ben Rutten was getting uh, getting all sorts of questions like can can he coach can he do this can he do that is coaching from the sidelines the right thing all that stuff and now suddenly he's looking like he might have found something you got guys like the young blokes like got Nick Cox who's like fucking 200 centimeters and playing on the wing and um, getting rising star nominations Darcy Parrish is fucking broke their disposals record on the weekend and they're finding something and that's incredible and and great to see um I I have no love or hate for Essendon either way they're just not a team that I've ever had any feeling for one way or the other um, I think it kind of got boned with the the supplement saga thing I think it was um like yeah I just I, my opinion on that is that they they got a bit all of those players really um got a bit unlucky in that one and we certainly uh, copped out our share of that too with the couple that we had over here after all that happened so um i've never really cared either way for them because a lot of people like to make jokes about that and there's all the yes and haven't won a final for this long stuff but um they're a team that um you know i like i said have no feeling either way for but it's uh, just from a football fan's point of view i'm uh, watching them play footy is is fun it is good to watch at the moment they're a fun team to watch so um you know guys like you know i love mcdonald tip and woody um i think everyone does and uh they're a team that's um they're showing some fight and they're showing some grit and um and some signs forward and considering you've got guys like they seem like they're a team to leave at the end of last year and then you know, you've got zach Merritt there who um at the start of the year in the first month of the season people are talking about where he's going to go and you know the greatest story and look obviously from port adelaide fans point of view um, but with Port Adelaide's name being thrown in, thrown into that ring, obviously that would be a great one for us p- to pick up. But um, from an Essendon point of view, I think the greatest story that could happen this year for them would be uh, if uh, Zach Merritt, if they, they finish the season off with a great great flurry, and whether they make the eight or not, who knows? But even if they just finish it off in a positive spirit, as the way they have played the last month, um, you know, if they could somehow wait, find a way to make Zach because I think Zach Merritt's thing is that he just wants to see some direction and otherwise he'll look elsewhere but um, if they finish the season with Zach, Zach Merritt signing a new contract because they've made him believe in what they're doing that's going to be an incredible win for them and you, the way they go in the last couple of weeks you can't can't help but see that as a as a real possibility so um, some great players in this beyond Zach Merritt you get like I said Darcy Parrish and all these young blokes that are coming through they've got a lot, a lot of youth that are suddenly showing some signs so you know I've got to give them I've got to give him a B, a solid B for that. With where Essendon have been kind of one of those teams that a lot of people, like, kind of like Carlton and Collin, would get a lot of talk about where they're at. And um, for where they, everyone, and the the drama that's happened in the last few years for them, where they're at now is just um, it's an incredible place to be for them. So um, I can't help but say that the, especially the last month has really vaulted them up, I think, and uh, put, put them in a solid B for where they're at at this midpoint of the season. Alrighty, we're getting into our top eight now. The top eight of the table. So any team from now, if we finish the season now, we'd be looking at the finals. And it's crazy to see that in the eighth position, we've got Richmond, uh, three times in the last four years, premiership winner. Um, back-to-back winner looking going for three in a row this year if they can get the job done. But they're uh, sitting in eighth at seven and five after they've had a fair few... Um, you know, we obviously had one of the you know big Friday night match against them earlier in the season and, um, and had a big win against them very close. 
and they've lost a few others against some of the you know they got smashed by uh, Geelong at one point and um, you know after you know and they uh, lost against Brisbane and um, <laughs> made made life tough for themselves against both Adelaide and um, Essendon but um, you know they had a big win against the Western Bulldogs this year and their first the Dogs like first loss of the season at that point. Um, Melbourne did get the job done on them very well. Um, so, look, they've been up and down this year. Um, lost to Sydney as well at home. And it's just one of those years where it's just, um, it's just you're not exactly, we haven't seen Richmond look really good, apart from maybe that second half against the Bulldogs. It's probably been the one time we've seen the true premier Richmond come out. Um, so it's an interesting one, isn't it, with Richmond? Um the thing is with them, I kind of you know they've got a few injuries hitting um, at times this year, and then there's been some you know the usual drama with them a little bit. Um, obviously the uh, the uh, nightclub stuff. I don't need to go into that at all. We're not a gossipy. We're not going to talk about something like that unless it's actually relevant to anything. And it's really not relevant to anything apart from a couple of weeks missed a couple of weeks. But then Shea Bolton came back last week and had a great game again. And he's he's all good and um, yeah, you know, he may win Mark of the Year. It's been a fucking incredible year for Mark so far, so who knows how that's going to finish off by the end of the year. But, um, yeah, they're a team that are sitting eight at seven and five and, uh, you know, have made life tough for themselves. Well, they're top four, you know. The top eight is incredibly close. When you look at it, you know, Geelong are at eight and three um, sitting in sitting in third and then uh and Richmond is 7 and 5 sitting in the, obviously a game another one another game uh, played but um you know things the, the way the ladder's gone this year especially you know look at Brisbane starting at 1 and 3 and they've got themselves up in the top 4 by the midpoint of the season so um it is a year where things can change very quickly but you know Richmond have left themselves a battle to get themselves into the top 4 which they're fully capable of doing and that's the thing I think at the moment I'll rate them at a C uh, just a solid C, and that's um, the fact that they're 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 performing below expectations as to what we know they can do. But then the other thing is the scary thing is, you know, as as we say in college, C's get degrees and C's may win premierships as well. Because Richmond are a team that the one team because of the experience they have, and they've won th- obviously won three flags in the last four years, so they know how to win at the right time of the season. And uh, even if they finish, they're probably the one team that you look at. Um, and it's not that teams can't win outside from outside the top four. Uh, we certainly saw, obviously, we saw the Bulldogs break that, that hoodoo a few years back um, in the current final system, that is. Um, but uh, Richmond are, are that team that we all look at. And I think plenty of people have said it. They're a team that aren't going to probably aren't going to be super worried about finishing outside. They're going to want to finish in the top four to give themselves every chance as they needed last year. But if they don't finish outside, if, inside the top four, they're going to be a team that's going to go, look, we, we have, they're not going to shit the bed or anything like that they're just gonna go okay well this is where we're at we can do this this is fine we just got to do the job now we got to, we've got three games to win um not four games to win instead of, instead of three and that's that's just what we got to do so I, I that's the one thing that I, I sit there and give them a c um at this point of the season but it's certainly they're the one team that can um take a c and go all the way up to an, an a plus plus at the end of the year because they've got the ability to win from outside the top four and they're certainly not going to be worried about that so yeah, Richmond are where they're at, but um, yeah, we'd, I, <laughs> you'd be, you're um, you're a fucking idiot if you ever write them off um, until they're not, and until they're knocked out of the finals, um, or you know, by some fucking insane, mind blowing event, uh, didn't even finish in the top eight. They're um, they're as 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 dangerous as ever until they're not an issue anymore. All right, so next up we have West Coast sitting in seventh, um, at seven and five as well. Um, very similar. Um, they're just above um Richmond on percentage at the moment. 
Uh, they're a team that. Um, oh, geez, they're 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 a team that's they're the team that I find better. I've picked against finally this week against fucking Colton, and then they go go and get the job done. So um, yeah, they're they're a team that um, uh, I I would rate maybe. God, I don't even know where to put them at the moment. I'd give them a C plus at the moment, I think, because I think their best footy has been incredible. I think their best footy that they've played this year, unfortunately, was against us because that game. They were incredible, and we just had no answer um, until the second half when they obviously knew they had the game won and just had to manage it. So, um, you know, they've had some incredibly wild results this year too, such as, um, you know, they they smash... Um, I'm trying to think who, who was the team that they... Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find it. There was a, there was a result that um, essentially blew my mind. Um I'm trying to find it. That's why it's giving me AFL fucking W scores here. Um, not that I, not that the AFL W is fine, but um, I'm trying to find the AFL um, West Coast scores for. But yeah, they had. Well, they've had some games this year which um, had some incredible results. Um, oh, here we go. Um, you know, they got they got absolutely belted at Geelong. Um, they got they got turned over by essentially belted by St Kilda even though the scoreline was but the St Kilda kicked like eight goals to nothing against them to finish that game um so you it's um you know and they almost but then they almost went over they almost bit the dogs over in fucking Melbourne um earlier in the year I mean we we kind of found out what the, how good the dogs were actually probably as the season went on at that point we were just like oh that's a good result it's a good game for both but um you know, they've had some big results, but then they've had some really, really shitty ones. They've been up and down um, like yo-yos really this year as far as how they've gone, you know. Um, and, you know, the Essendon result at home was a real alarm bells probably for them. But maybe it's just that Essendon are actually just in a in a rich vein of form. And um, But then they got the job done. And considering their injuries um, against Carlton, getting the job done against Carlton and away from home and travel a fair distance, it was, a, it was an incredible result. So I... West Coaster again, they're a team that you kind of not that I don't think they can win from outside the top four, possibly, just because of um but shit, if they got their if they got the soldiers fit for the right end of the season, they're still gonna be a dangerous team because that's the thing they get their job done against Carlton when they've got half their fucking team out. And and you just you just look at it and go, Well, if they get their job done, like if they can get into the finals and that and have players coming back, then it's gonna be dangerous because that you can see what you know, the guys that can make up the numbers, um when you got the guys like Liam Ryan kind of ch- just taking charge and shouldering the load a little bit in that game against Carlton and just seeing the opportunity to to take over, um, there's just so much experience and veteran kind of experience there, and all these guys have been to the top and te- been to the precipice and and captured the Holy Grail. So they're kind of the, one of those other teams that know what it takes, and and that's a dangerous thing from any point on the table. So they're they're a team that, like I said, a C plus at the moment for me because they're just. Um, they're a bit up and down, and but a lot of that could is due to the, due to the injuries, which is very fair. So, um, look, they're keeping themselves there in the top eight, and the top eight has got a bit of a breakaway on the on the bottom ten at the moment with the the way the games have fallen. So, they're, they're comfortable enough in the top eight at the moment, and um, they're every chance that if they start getting players back rather than losing players, that they'll they'll entrench themselves there and be a dangerous team towards the end of the season as well. So, a C plus for West Coast at the moment, but they've certainly got uh, room to improve and 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 improve that grade by the end of the year. All right, the Sydney Swans, um, a year team that's um, probably the big surprise packet as far as um, how hot they started the year. Actually, I say big surprise packet. I forget that Melbourne and the fucking Bulldogs are sitting at the top. Um, one of the th- three surprise packets I will say. Um, 
they started the year incredibly hot and we're right on the heels of Melbourne and, and the Bulldogs uh, before things just fell away a little bit for them. But um, there's some incredibly good signs for Sydney as to how they're tracking um, going towards the end of, this, um, end of the season because the base that they've built and the solid the solid base they've built with this season yes they you know started off 8 and um 8 and uh, sorry 4 and 0 and since then we've just gone uh 4 and 4 I think um to finish because now they're now they're sitting at 8 and 4 so that makes sense um quick math um anyway but um you know the the thing with the with Sydney is they've had some good results against some really good teams this year as well um they did. They lost. Um, I mean, they they won. I mean, they, the boil over at the start of the year was the, the fact they smashed Brisbane up at the Gabba. Um, they beat they beat Sydney, then they beat Richmond. Uh, beat Sydney. They beat Adelaide, and they beat Richmond, and they beat Essendon. Um, in a close one, and their first loss comes in the der- and then the derby against um, uh, GWS, which um, is just a, is a close loss. And again, I said GWS are a t- weird team this year, but a tough team. And they did lose to Gold Coast, which. Um, Again, when I was talking about Gold Coast, there is one of those signs as to where they can be. But then they beat Geelong and have a tough, um, close loss against Melbourne. Get the job done against uh, Collingwood. Um, a close loss against Sydney. Or, uh, Sydney, I keep saying against themselves. What the fuck? Uh, blame a beer. Um, a close loss against Fremantle away from home. And they get the job done against Carlton. And then again, a close one against St Kilda, which St Kilda probably should have won that one. But um, Sydney were very deserving of the result too. Just the way the game ended. So to, uh, so to speak, but um, you know, at eight and four, they're um, they're um, it set themselves up incredibly well for the, they're they're right in the hunt for those top four positions at the moment. Um, with it, there's a lot of teams in the hunt for that, but all you want to do is be in the hunt and then see where you can finish off. Um, the great thing about what they're doing is they're building; they've got a real solid base for what they're doing. Um, their team is just um, incredibly well kind of the structure of what they're doing. Um, is really great. You know, they've got they've got a lot of veterans there, you know, Franklin coming back and he's kicking um three goals a game. Uh obviously the the you know, the midfield with uh Parker Kennedy and Lloyd, um Papley's getting there kicking goals. And uh and the big obviously Tom Hickey's come in. He's having his best year. He's at his what, third, fourth club? I think his third club possibly. But um you know, he's had an incredible year and he's kind of one of those ones that you just just go, Yes, um, you know, great pickup and uh and ironically, you know, considering the, all the stuff they've been talking about with, um, you know, uh, obviously they, they're the ones that we got to grab the leer from. Um, you know, they're, they're going okay as far as their defense goes. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're incredibly well built. And, um, you know, we can say what we want about um, how do you let go of a team, player like a leer, but sometimes teams just fit, players just need a new change a team needs to change in a different direction now i'm sure if alia had stayed and they they were happy they he'd because he's an incredible player and we're very very lucky to have him but um you know they've just they've just restructured and that's what they're, they're doing some incredible things um obviously the the youth has come in there and done it done an incredible job you got guys like uh golden and campbell and um and doing an incredible job and then and callum mills has kind of had an incredible year just breaking out and I've, i picked him up in my keeper league in the draft this year I uh, started a keeper league with a few friends. My brother started one with a few few of his, his friends and a couple of my mates. And um, yeah, I've, ju- I've jumped in on that. And Callum Mills was one of the ones I drafted this year, which I'm very happy about. Um, but uh, yeah, they've just it's just a, they've they've got a good structure and a good identity with what they're doing with their footy and um and with the coaching staff they've got there and everything else. It's just um, you know, 
there's great some great signs for them. So for me, I've got to give that. That's probably the first one they're going to get an A mark for me. But then I'll call it an A minus because um, you, they've just they you know probably dropped a couple of games they maybe shouldn't have. But um, with how they've been looking, but then they probably won a couple of games we didn't expect them to win. So I was giving them an A minus for where they're at at the moment because I think they I think um not many expected them to probably make the eight this year, and I think they're at a very good chance with everything going right that they're going to make the eight and and. Probably not make the top four. They're going to push it. They're going to push it the whole way because they'll keep picking up plenty of wins towards the end of the year. And um, depending on how everything else shakes out, there's certainly a chance at it. So, yeah, incredible year from Sydney so far. And, um, yeah, certainly deserving of an A-minus spot in there and a very healthy uh, position on the ladder at, at the midpoint of the season. All right, so obviously we have Port in fifth and they're going to get their own little a little 20-minute, half-hour pod. Um, I probably should have just thrown it in the middle of this one because this one's gone well over what I thought it would be. But um, we jumped to Brisbane in fourth position on percentage. Um, above, uh, obviously, our Port Adelaide in fifth. And they're at eight and four, having played a game a game more with the weather by rounds are shaking out at the moment. Um, but Brisbane, eight and four at the moment. But um, they did start the season at one and three. So, to me, they're, they're at a solid A at the moment. Um, with how they've... Uh, Gone past, you know, they obviously got blown out by Sydney in the first game, which was a bit of an aberration. As um, an injustice the next week against Geelong, where they probably should have got the win, but they went 0-2, and, and they ended up at 1-3. and three. And it was um, a real worry as to... Well, not a real worry, but um, just... Uh, I think people were just sitting there saying they need to start... They do need to start banking some wins to get into that top four discussion was the, really the thing. was Because I think everyone trusted that Brisbane were a team that was going to... They were going to get wins enough to make the top eight but it was just like the question started being asked like they've got to start banking them otherwise they're not going to finish in the top four um and they they just went all right we'll, we'll fucking start banking them then and they did and what an incredible job they did they've um they really haven't you know they had that incredible um they finally got the they got the win the next week um getting the job done on uh on uh collingwood in that one point win um, they lose to lose to the Western Bulldogs, which you know is going to happen. Um, there's a lot of teams this year, so that's fine. But um, then they they go on, so the, that's the point. That they're at one and three, and then they just decide, well, fuck it, we're just not going to not going to lose from this point out. And they go and smash 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 us, and then uh, Lee Carlton, and uh, obviously smash us, and get a few other wins on the board. And suddenly, uh, you know, the the loss against um, Melbourne just last weekend was their first loss in that that they had a winning streak of. Um, yeah, seven games on the trot, I think it was. But, uh, you know, they lost against Melbourne, which is no... Um, and they had the lead, and Melbourne just had an incredible second half of the game. Um, so, for me, just Brisbane, what they've been doing is incredible. Um, particularly the fact they haven't had Lockie Newell in all that fucking time. This is the reigning Brownlow medalist and one of the best ball gatherers in the league. And they haven't had him. They, and the interesting thing is, even in some of these games, you're not seeing... We, Joe Danaher's had a good start to life up there, but he hasn't had an incredible start. Um, Eric Hipwood's not doing not playing gangbusters. They're just getting a lot of lot of goal contributors. Um whether it be Charlie Cameron, he started the year a bit slow, but he's come into it a bit. And um you got Hugh McCluggy having an incredible year. You've got fucking Mitch Robinson gone. Um I, I picked him up off the waiver wire in my a fantasy league just because I needed an extra mid because I had a bunch of injuries and he went on and had that incredible game that he had last week against uh um against GWS um with that four goal performance and all that stuff. So um, they're just getting incredible contributions from around the field. Like I said, Hugh McCluggage is um, looking like he could be a Brownlow Smokey this year. And, you know, just, just guys, that, when you look at a guy like Lockie Neal going out of a side and they don't fucking miss a beat, 
Um, you got fucking Reese Matheson coming in and just being like, I'm the barometer and having one of those games. <laughs> um, yeah, and look, you can say what you want about guys that have that kind of talk. You got to have characters in your team sometimes. And whether I like, I, I don't know what I think of the bloke, but it's just, it's just incredible. It's good, good drama for the, the entertainment of the sport. But um, that's what teams that are going to be good have is guys that just come in and fucking have that kind of performance. And uh, he, he was incredible. And they, they've just had that through this period of time where they've missed Lockie Neal. They just haven't missed a beat as far as the team goes. And they've, they've raced to eight and four after being one and three. And that's, that's an incredible feat. And uh, they've got themselves right in the top four at the moment. And um, it's, it may be hard to displace them at the moment considering they're going to have Lockie Neal fucking coming back this week. So, um, you know, the loss to Melbourne last week last weekend was just um, they got out to a good lead at halftime. You thought, oh, this is... This is ominous, but then uh, Melbourne steamrolled over the top. But Melbourne are also a very good team, as we'll get to in a moment. So, um, you know, I have to give Brisbane a solid A for especially how they responded to the year, um, the start of the year. Um, that could break some teams that maybe aren't sure of where they're at, but they are. Uh, they just responded incredibly well and steamrolled their way back up the table. And um, you've got to give plaudits for that, um, particularly with Neil being out. So yeah, a solid A, a mark for Brisbane at this point of the season, um, eight and four and. And look, and playing some incredible footy at times. So, um, yeah, yeah, they'll be they're going to be a hard team to shake at that towards the end of the year as well. All right, Geelong, Geelong Footy Club. Um, that's going to be an interesting one because I don't fucking know. <laughs> I've I have I think the only Geelong game I watched this year, to be honest, um, has been uh, I I just had the one at the start of the year against Adelaide on on the TV at work, and then um, and then towards the end of the day when I left and went to a I think the game was still on at the pub when I got the uh, the brewery in in Tanunda when I went there after work and um that was on and watched the end of it and that was about the, all the Geelong footy I saw so they looked like fucking shit that day so I don't know what to think about Geelong but the the thing is with them they've been <laughs> they've uh, you know they scraped along across the line against so many teams that they probably shouldn't have um I mean they lo- shouldn't have lost Adelaide but at the start of the year it is what it is um you know they they barely beat Hawthorne. Um, they lost, but then they lose in a close game to Melbourne. Um, they beat beat Brisbane when they shouldn't have. Um, North they had struggled against North Melbourne. They when they blew fucking West Coast out of the water. Um, and then they blew Richmond out of the water too. So I, I just don't know what this team. It Geelong the thing with Geelong when they when they get it right and then certainly when Jeremy Cameron came, Jeremy Cameron came in. Tom Hawkins is still playing good footy. Uh, Garrow and that, that forward line is scary, and it's something we're going to have to deal with this weekend. This week, <laughs> um, so that's always a worry for me. Geelong is just the team, like for, because of two thousand and seven, that'll just forever scar me anyway. But um, I haven't. Then you look at that game they played against Collingwood this like, the last week before the bite thereby. Um, it's just fucking just dismal, fucking terrible footy. I did say actually, I said I hadn't seen much, but I I just had that that I did have that one on in the background. I didn't watch watch much of it just because it was so horrible, but little bits of saw were fucking terrible. But um yeah. They're a team that, that they've got a very they've got the Geelong way of playing their structure which, which is very measured footy at times. Um they do they will take the game on when need be, but they, it's very much in spurts and they generally their their way of playing is they don't like to take a whole lot of risks unless it's necessary. So it does lend itself for some some dismal footy at times, and I guess Collingwood just exacerbated that. But at times, when when the game when they do get the control they want, they can play incredibly well because they do have the ball users to be able to do that to play that kind of footy. And when you're playing that kind of footy well, it does actually look entertaining. It's just you've it's just the 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 trade off is that it's not so good when it's um when it's a bit 
wisely, which I guess is for every every game plan is 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 measured based on how well you're executing it. So it is what it is. But um, you know, for a team that's they have been missing Dangerfield for the last um eight weeks or whatever it is with Syndesmosis, um, their new everyone's new favorite word this year. Um, well, not favorite word, but um, the new word we learned at least this year. Um, for that whatever that ankle injury is, but um, you know they've been missing him. Uh, but they've had some good signs with um guys like um. And they've had some soldiers in and out. You know, Guthrie's been in and out, but they've they've, they've luckily not had the big injury that's gone for the you know the gone for the year kind of guys um, or long term. Um, you know, Dangerfield's probably the longest term one I think from my uh, basic very basic um, knowledge of what's been going on there. So you know, they've got guys coming back. Um, Jeremy Cameron's certainly fit in very well down there. Um, so they're they're an ominous team. I'll give them a B, solid B for this year because I haven't seen the. Obviously, some of the games have been quite dismal, but they've had some great results. That Richmond one certainly a highlight for the year, I think, for Geelong, uh, as as to what they did to Richmond in that game and just made them look very second rate and um and really dominated them and had one probably their best result of the year, I think, just with the opposition it was and whatever. So, you know, a solid B because they have had some they have had had some weeks where they've really let their lot colours be lowered as well. So, um, they certainly. The fact that they're in, they're sitting in third after all that, is ominous for a lot of the competition. That they haven't, they really have not had to show their best footy too often this year, and still sit in third. So, a lot of experience counts for a lot, and there they've found themselves right where they probably want to be, and um, they won't, they won't argue with it. And now they're going to be um, hard to displace. But hey, that mission starts this week for us. So, yeah, a big game this week for us. But um, yeah, Geelong at the moment, it's solid B sitting, at, um, sitting in third at eight and three. They're going well. All right, so the Bulldogs in second. Now, the next two grades are going to be very easy to give because I think um, at the start of the year, I think most of the the media reports I saw and and the, the you know the the polling at the start of the year they do with players and coaches, or whatever it is, you know, four teams that they had in the top four. That I think every every one was putting into the top four was going to be Port, Brisbane, uh, Geelong, and Richmond. The two teams that were not in any of those top four and probably weren't even. I don't think we unanimously finals by any means. We're Melbourne and Western Bulldogs, but um, in second we have the Western Bulldogs at ten and two. Their two losses being um, Richmond in a game where they easily could have won, but Richmond just had their best half. As I said when I was talking about Richmond, they're probably the best half of the year, and uh, and against Melbourne where they probably uh, well that game at Marvel should have been uh, a, a much bigger spectacle than it was, and it's unfortunate for footy this year that we didn't get to see. The Bulldogs in Melbourne play in front of a capacity crowd because that was going to be an incredible feat. And, and, you know, who knows how much that affected. I think the Bulldogs play a lot better game. And not that we should say a team should need the crowd, but it's footy and sport and it's the, the part of sport at this level is the passion of the crowd and all that stuff. So, you know, that game. But, again, there are two losses to Richmond and Melbourne, who Melbourne are the last team we're going to talk about in this one. So, obviously, two very good teams. Um, the Bulldogs, to me, um, probably... I said a few weeks ago in the review of Port's loss to the Bulldogs, thought their best midfield in the league. And at the time, I was thinking their best, they were the best team in the league. And eh, things change week to week, you know. And Brisbane look incredible, and then Melbourne look incredible again after losing to Adelaide a couple of weeks. I don't fucking know. Um, but to me, the Western Bulldogs at their best. Um, they probably they they do have deficiencies defensively. Um, which we saw, you know, Fremantle looked like a tent. Like if they, who knows what Fremantle would have done if they'd stayed fit last weekend. Um, they were they were finding ways to attack the Bulldogs. Um, but what the Bulldogs do incredibly well is they use the wall so fucking well through midfield and have an incredible. They've, they've got Aaron Norton playing. They've got Josh Bruce playing the best footy he's ever played. They've got Aaron Norton down there um, taking absolute hangers 
uh, and they've got Cody Waitman has just come in and decided he's going to be a fucking star too. So they're going incredibly well. Adam Trelaw's gone out injured, which is unfortunate for them, but they haven't missed too much of a beat because they've got such midfield depth. You've got like Bailey Dale and um, and Bailey Smith is just an um, incredible player and showing just um, how he's going to be a special player for a long time to come. Marcus Bontempelli is, I think, to me, the best player in the league at the moment. Um, to me, I think, um, I don't know how the Brownlow votes are going to shake out, but I think to me, he's he's my MVP of the year for the so far in the in the league. Um, if I'm being completely objective, I say, I, and Ollie Wine's very close up there too for me. Um, he's been having an incredible year and gets Port Adelaide, but um, yeah, to, for me, Bonapelli's just an incredible player, and they're just playing such good footy. Um, when they when they get it on, they they have had moments where it hasn't been quite on their terms, but when they get it, they're quite ruthless. And the fact they've had two hundred plus point wins this year. Their percentage um, after 12 games is 150, exactly on the dot, actually, which is incredible. Um, to be sitting at 150 percentage in second with 10 to 2 records, just a, it was such a healthy place to be. Obviously, I'd like to be top of the table with a win over Melbourne in that game. And again, there were some extenuating circumstances that uh, led to that game not quite being spectacular, it could have been, and Melbourne just handled it better. So. That is what it is, but um, to me, that, that that team is just incredible force. They, like I said, they're um, slightly light on defensively a little bit, but um, I think they're they're the kind of team that uh, if they get things right um, in a game, they can just assault you and just score on you so heavily, so quickly. If they if they get the get the ball moving right, that it may not matter. So um, they're going to be an incredibly tough team to beat towards the end of the year. And um, if they stay fit, obviously that's the knock on wood that every team has to contend with. But um, yeah, they they're right up there, and um, they get an absolute A plus for me for what what we are expecting from them, and to what they're uh, where they're at right now, and how they're looking to go forward. Um, incredible. So, uh, top marks of Bulldogs. Um, an incredible start to the year, and uh, looking to keep going. All right, so obviously that list leaves Melbourne at the top of the table. Um, yeah, no, no, no drum roll or anything needed. We knew where that was going, but um, Melbourne again, they get an A plus as well. Um, I said there was no no. No drama with my marks for the two two teams that are at the top. They're uh they're just um they're just playing incredible footy and um you know it's it's funny you have that the 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 one the one I should just give them a name minus just for the fact they fucking let the crows beat them but um certainly weren't helped by the umpires in that one but still I think that was just a game where I think they just and it's not I hate saying that teams have to have a loss but it just does just does seem that way in sports that. Um, eventually you're just going to have a game where you just let your guard down a little bit. And maybe I, I do genuinely think Melbourne just thought that game was going to be a little bit easier. And, and Adelaide were just finding themselves back into some form after a few losses on the bounce and um, and were finding a way to play the footy that they'd, they'd found their way through. But um, Mel- beyond that, um, they've just been, you know, they've um, been incredible this year. I, I was having, and I will, like, I'm going to be honest, and I won't, because I, I say this is my footy, this is just my opinion and everything like that. I wasn't exactly sure with where they're at um, going into the last few weeks because I looked at their uh, record and they didn't. Have, the, the reason I guess the Bulldogs are impressing more at times was the fact that they were really smashing some teams and Melbourne weren't having any big wins. They'd, you know, they had a thirty-point win against the against North Melbourne and um, you know close close wins against GWS and Hawthorne. They even only beat by you know fifty points, which is you know we've having smashed teams out of the park either this year, but. Um, you know, Carlton, they didn't beat by a whole lot. You know, so to me, they were like, they, they were just kind of plodding their way through the season and then they lost to Adelaide and it was like, okay, so is this, how is this team going? But then they come out the next week and um, really handle the Bulldogs quite well. And then last weekend, just last Friday night, um, just a few days ago, they go and, um, you know, beat Melbourne in what was an incredible, incredibly big game and 
and really show the best of what they can do, you know. And and you know, Christian Petrarca is the big star at that team. But then you've got guys like, you know, it's not Petrarca that's um really the, the some of the players that are really carrying that load. Um, you know, guys like you know Kasai Pickett's come in this year and is playing incredible stuff. Um, you know, and then players like uh, and uh, obviously Clayton Oliver is probably their best player of the year, I think, this year. And Max Gorn obviously is um is just having as found his groove again after a couple of years ago when they, they you know when they finished in top four and they fell away again. And Max Gorn was one of the scapegoats of that. They just you know just you know who was you know is. <laughs> is he going to keep this going? But um, he's come back and you know, he's the best ruckman in the competition by far. And um, I mean, you got that that mix of experience, and then guys like Christian Petrarca and Clayton, Clayton Oliver are just coming to the prime. You know, just really coming into that real golden era of their careers, and that excitement of guys like Cosy Pickett, um, who's just a just an incredibly fun player to watch. Um, obviously, the defense is going. Uh, Stephen May and um, Jake Lever pairing, and the defense is just. Um, incredibly formidable and uh they're just a team that's just right and um after the last couple of weeks like i said i wasn't exactly sure with where how dominant i thought they were after the first part of the season and then um and you know it's just and this it is that you do just sit there and go it's melbourne like how good are they really and um after the last couple of weeks i have to say they are good and they're going to be tough to beat this year and um I'm incredibly excited for when Port do come up against them to see where we measure up at that point of the season. It'll be interesting to see how we go over the next few weeks leading up to that to see how confident I am. But um, you know they're that they're that team that we real. I just don't know how to how to pick exactly how we're going to play against them. It's going to be an incredibly incredibly good game to see how we go against them. But um, at this point, an A plus, and they're just um, they're formidable. Um, especially the last couple of weeks, you've seen. They've gone into answered some questions the last couple of weeks, and um, yeah, obviously an A plus for where they're at. That um, you know, an, an A plus plus for what they've done over the last couple of weeks. They've really kind of silenced a lot of doubters with where they're at at the moment, and that's at this point. Who knows what happens for the rest of the season? But I will stop doubting them. I will stop picking against them just when I think because I picked Melbourne. I picked sorry, I picked Brisbane last week because I just thought Brisbane were going to get the job done, and that was um, just had a terrible tipping week. Um, fucking Carlton. I was just blame fucking Carlton for everything at this point. Um, but um, yeah, no, just an incredible, incredible um, season for Melbourne so far. And um, I see no reason they won't continue on at this point, you know, injuries permitting and all that as per usual because um, they're just playing some incredible footy and uh, an, incredible, an incredibly well-balanced side as well, which is the scary thing. They've got a lot of talent all spread through the field and, um, and having, you know, having a couple of the best mids in the league as well as the best ruckman in the league. And then a great forward line, and um, you know the fact that they've got Ben Brown and they got Ben Brown, who's kicked sixty goals a year up until last year, and he can't even fucking get a game. Um, so uh, you know, it's um, the way they've they've built to the, to this point um, is incredible, and um, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat, and um, yeah, they're well deserving the top of the table position at this midpoint of the season, and uh, yeah, well deserving an A plus plus after the last couple of weeks. Right, so that wraps it up for that one. Um, I went far longer than I expected to, but it, I was just one of enjoying chatting. I think I don't know if there's anything um, really informative and in all that, but um, it is just my opinion and whatever else. And um, I just enjoyed shitting on a couple of teams at the start of there too. So here's what it is. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. If you've gotten this far, and um, let's see how the rest of the season shakes out. And that's uh, going to be a good one and uh, a lot of good footy. Um, obviously, we're going to be focusing for it uh, as we do, but. Um, it was fun to just kind of run through the rest of the league and how that's going. And um, 
And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting end to the season to see where we shake out and how other teams shake out too because um, we just got to keep winning ourselves with um, a lot of other teams um, are in good positions and uh, it'll be interesting to see where we shake out. If we do do everything we want to do right and uh, win enough games, um, how we end up uh, compared to other teams. So, yeah, got to hope for a few losses to some of those teams I just gave a blasters to as well as um, a few good wins for us and um, see where we shake out and hopefully we're in the can find ourselves in the top two would be wonderful but there's a couple of good teams at the top there i've just talked about that are incre- doing incredibly well and they're going to be tough to shake but um that's footy a lot can happen in the last half of the season so let's fucking go